0: Welcome to Canarint Sound of Play. With Sound of Play, we bring you an eclectic fortnightly compilation of some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the years. Joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play twenty two, are Ryan Heyman. hello there, and Sean O'Brien, hello, hello. It's a kind of all American special. Apart from <laughs> me, it's a two. It's a sixty six percent all American special. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> Right. Uh, and as such, all the music from today's show. Uh, actually, no, uh, <laughs> <especially>, <laughs> I, I haven't even counted. Uh, so that first track was a British piece, um, and uh, in honor of the recently released budget-priced mega compilation, Rare Replay, our friend uh, Flabio requested that one. He said, "Rare Replay has reminded me just how great the score for Jet Force Gemini is." There's stuff in there like the SSS Anubis theme that sounds like it would be more at home in a Mass Effect game or an aliens movie the composers at rare really knew how to push the n64 sonically jet force gemini hit around the same time that i was on my first ever actual crunch as a video game developer so it got played late at night as a wind down before going to sleep i'd like to request the character select theme as he did as we heard Uh, he thinks it's a robin beadland piece and i think he's right Mm -hmm. it's probably the most dramatic character select theme ever to appear in a video game i love the heavy drum track and military march aspects to it it's just so dark for a game that seems on the surface to be quite light and silly uh so um it's interesting that fabio said he would uh, wind down with a game of jet force gemini because (laughs) generally (laughs) that game used to wind me the hell up uh I've I've just had a little dabble with it on Rare Replay and um, they patched in uh, a more modern control set um, a couple of days after I got the game, uh, which I think was a wise move because the original controls felt very weird when transposed to the, the Xbox One controller in the year 2015. Have you been back to this, Ryan? I know you're a massive Rare fan. Uh, you know, I have the collection. It's just not one
1: that I've started up just yet. I've been, you know, inching yeah. my way through Conquer and Perfect Dark Zero and all these other games before Hitting There's them a lot all, to but do I, I do eventually plan to get back to it. I do like that song though you really get the sense of uh, of Robin Beanland. It sounds like something straight out of killer instinct almost
0: mm. Yes, it's highly dramatic and uh yeah, that's that I do remember as much as that game annoyed me, especially the uh some of the the difficulty spikes. The mm. um the atmosphere was was off the charts as as you'd expect from Rare and it's nice to play it now, although obviously the visuals have aged quite substantially since uh, its 99 release um seeing it uh, running in 60 frames is is nice because it definitely didn't back there um time certainly in my opinion hasn't been at all kind to the character design which was never never a favorite of mine that particular <laughs> game uh, Juno and and uh, Vela uh, Juno and Vela I should say look uh, like extraordinary uh, sort of nightmarish acid casualty um <laughs> doll mannequins or, or something they're very odd anyway but um but yes i'm sure many of you out there will have rare replay and be tucking into that our darren of course former rare employee and super fan has already uh, all but if not now completed every single challenge in the game on the compilation which is a oh uh, fairly remarkable feat in itself Right, so Ryan, it's uh, it's your first pick for this uh, Sound of Play next and uh, it's the wonderful well that is Monkey Island, but with some some sort of twist here. Yeah, this one is not actually from the game. It's an overclocked remix
1: that was put out a uh, couple of years back on a compilation disc that they called Heroes and Villains where they they did two songs from each game that they had selected, like Super Metroid and Castlevania. And they did one that was the hero's theme and one that was the villain's theme. And so kind of strangely enough, they picked Monkey Island to go along with mm-hmm. that, um, which, you know, isn't one that you typically think of when you think about, you know, big brazen heroes and, and big dark menacing villains, although it certainly has one of each. Um, this song is a remix of the uh, theme of LeChuck, from the original Secret of Monkey Island, which is a great song in and of itself, but I think that this remix called Voodoo Roots and Grog by Diggy Diz, um, originally composed by Michael Land, the composer of The Secret of Monkey Island, was um, just kind of an exceptional remix. It it goes all over the place genre-wise. It has kind of a very traditional um, pirate fair to kick it off with, and it kind of dips in and out of, Kind of like a disco flavor, which is a little bit weird, um, and and then it goes into some really cool kind of glitchy chip tune type sound, which I love absolutely. And I, I just think it's a really fun, high energy track with some um, really nice uh, trombone. I think it would be about uh, you know partway mm. through there, and just some wonderful layers all the way through. And I think it just really adds that kind of energy to that um, to the theme of LeChuck that you wouldn't have gotten from the original you know Atari's and and DOS computers that this game originally released on
0: speaking of perfect did we spot a little uh, a little hint of sagat in there as well that's right yeah just a little touch of and you know i i
1: read that it does have the um sagat theme from street fighter 2 thrown in there but i for my all of my listening to it i can't pick it out and i love when um artists do this it's just like a little audio easter egg for the the keen-eared mm. and maybe it was because i haven't spent you know as much time with street fighter 2 as i probably should have but um, maybe people more familiar with it can can pick it out and point it out yeah. to me because I'm very curious to hear where this comes in. But for me, I, I just can't I can't
0: find it. But I like that it's in there. Um, Tweet Ryan at Insert Coins uh, <laughs> that's the right. timestamp on for the for the Sagat <laughs> Easter uh, audio Easter egg. There, uh, we haven't covered the Secret Monkey Island on the podcast yet, but we will be very soon. Coming up in just a few weeks' time. Uh, We will be covering just the first secret of Monkey Island. We didn't want to uh, try and cover it all in in one podcast. And we haven't got a series planned, but no doubt we'll return for uh, at least the first sequel, if not more, uh, later. So look out for that one. Now, Sean O'Brien has long been an advocate of Kane and Rince covering the Call of Duty series on the main podcast. And uh, we've bowed to this slightly by starting things off uh, with uh, Medal of Honor the the original allied assault on pc because that is kind of call of duty zero we've done a podcast mm-hmm. on that some time back seek it out uh but this is from uh perhaps the well certainly an extremely significant game in uh in last the last generation of gaming and uh mm-hmm. gaming as a whole
2: yeah i kind of figured if this is going to be a two-thirds american podcast i might as well bring a track from the most <laughs> american of american uh yeah franchises out there right now but um yeah. So say this it in, song, say
0: it in your American way. We know. We like to know how it sounds. <laughs> call of Duty, American. For,
2: <laughs> if it's uh, not if
0: it's not duty, it's not American. Yeah, call of Duty. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. So this uh, is the main theme from Modern Warfare. It's the first song you hear after the uh, splash screens for Activision in the beginning of Infinity Ward when you turn it on, and it's the song that I heard basically every day uh once i got home from work for about 3 years i guess yeah uh, <laughs> i i played the hell out of uh modern warfare and um for hours at a time i just come home and uh you know i'd have dinner and then i'd say to my girlfriend at the time just like hey i'm just, i'm just going to go in the back now for a couple hours and she's like oh you're going to go play call of duty she's like yeah yeah i'm sorry <laughs> so so did you
1: pass on the sequels then? Because uh, if you were playing just the first one for three years, mm-hmm. that one must have really had a hold on you. Oh, it did.
2: Uh, but, I, you know, I still played the sequels, too. <laughs> um, but I, I always come back to Modern Warfare. Even like this year, I still pop it in every once in a while. But these days it's um, there's still people playing it, but it's very there's a lot of hack hacking going on yeah so it's a kind of a bummer and there are a lot of of subsequent alternatives now exactly yeah the audience yeah 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 but this track is uh it's, as i said it's the main theme and it's actually by harry Gregson williams who most people will probably know from the metal gear franchise and i actually t- until today did not know that this was a harry Gregson williams soundtrack i never thought
0: about it yeah yeah
2: and it, and now listening back to this track you can totally hear ex- like all the metal gear cues uh, that he seemed to kind of throw in here just to, um, I guess maybe make people a little more familiar with it. But yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a really cool track. It's very um, low key, especially for the Call of Duty franchise, especially now. You know, it's a lot more bombastic and. Um, but yeah, I love this track, and so here we go. Main theme by Harry Gregson Williams.
0: Yeah, Harry Gregson Williams, um, still working mainly on movies. Um, mm-hmm, I remember yep. he did, when he was first um, brought in to do uh, stuff on Metal Gear Solid 2, he was known as, <clears throat> um, I think he was known for Enemy of the State, was that? Oh, what, was really? That yeah. Tony, Tony Scott. Film? Will,
2: Will Smith movie? Or no. Uh, yeah. It is? No, yeah.
0: yeah. Clint Eastwood, possibly. <laughs> no. I don't think I Eastwood. Don't Gene Hackman, um, old Hackman white guy. I think is why we're so. not a
1: movies podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah v- vague
0: recollection, um, theater corner. Um, but yes, he's still uh, he's still work- he's worked on a lot of uh, stuff, including uh, X Men Origins, uh, Wolverine, Shrek, and uh, various other bits. Do we and know bobs.
2: if he's on Phantom Pain? I
0: think he is.
3: Okay. Yeah. I would hope yeah. so.
0: Yes. Yeah, um, I mean, I, interestingly, the one that people used to say, "Oh, this is the Harry Gregson Williams thing," was actually the was the remix of the theme that was always by known as being by Tappy uh, mm-hmm. Um but actually, it turned out was a very obviously uh, ripped off um, piece of classical music, which mm-hmm. um, I believe this is. We discussed this uh, back on the uh, on the, the Metal Gear Solid podcast uh, many moons ago, but that's still available as well. Uh, more drama and bombast, possibly even more so here from uh, the amazing Hitoshi Sakamoto. Um this track's called Debris and it's from Radiant Silver Gun, the uh the very hip um 'em two D shoot 'em up <laughs> from the uh, from the Saturn era. Uh started on, on the arcade uh and came to Saturn. Um uh, was re-released much more recently, 2011, on Xbox 360 in a superb version that's, uh, I'm sure, still available to, to play. Um, Radiant Silver Gun, I have Im- immensely fond memories of, of going to track this down in what was, uh, at the time, the coolest place for a gamer to shop in, uh, in the UK, as far as I was concerned, which was the Rathbone Place branch of Computer Exchange. Um, if you know only Computer Exchange from from now rather than from the 90s, you'll think that's not a cool place to shop for computer games at all. It's just uh, smelly and crowded and messy <laughs> and full of mobile phones and tablets. But back in back in the 90s, um, in, in the London branch, you could buy pretty much any import game you wanted. Um, there were shelves and shelves of imports for PlayStation and Saturn and earlier-gen machines. And I went up there with my girlfriend at the time with the express desire to spend a lot of money on Saturn import games. And I bought some ridiculously cool stuff, including Vampire Savior and uh, and all this stuff. And um, I actually missed this on the shelf Radiant Silver Gun um, and she spotted it. And it was uh, it was around a nice round 50 pounds, which. Um, seemed quite a lot of the time, but the game famously um, fetches a lot more money than that when you eBay it now. Even even since the um, the Xbox 360 release, it's a game I really loved. I've never got amazingly good at because it's extraordinarily complex and challenging for a shoot 'em up. Um, a lot of people i guess one of the reasons i wanted to feature it on this podcast is because i i saw when when it came out on xbox live arcade a lot of people tried the trial played the demo and were like what is this rubbish why is this so beloved <laughs> um but seriously that trial does radiant silver gun absolutely no justice whatsoever um it's not a game that you can just take a little slice like that of and and kind of comprehend all the amazing stuff that's going on um I urge people to give it a proper a proper try because it, it really does, has a lot of depth. It has um, extraordinary um, presentation, and and that in, that is included in this uh, utterly dramatic and uh, beguiling soundtrack. <laughs> Sakamoto San, and uh, yeah, I love I love that whole soundtrack. And uh, you'll you'll notice that um, the sounds are probably familiar uh, if you've played Final Fantasy Tactics and things like that, because uh, Sakamoto is a is a renowned composer of such things, um, and yeah, has worked with Square uh, many many times over the years, as well as as well as Treasure on that particular game, and uh, and of course uh, the Ikaruga soundtrack is is not a million miles away either next up we have a new contributor from the forum he posted or she I cannot tell at slash forum Uh, there's a specific thread folder uh, for requests for the Sound of Play podcast and uh, we could definitely do with some new ones so keep signing up and uh, keep keep your requests coming in we await them keenly so uh, this is somebody called May Jace not really sure (laughs) <laughs> yeah could be It definitely starts with may and then yeah. it goes like the word gauss but with a knee uh whether you should be so apologies <laughs> uh may i call you may uh and this is uh, a cool shout out for a game that um i think a lot of people kind of forget exists that's that's my that's my perception anyway it's mm. called outlaw and uh May Jace says, I played Outlaw's demo initially, and at the time I didn't know that developers would put a limit in the demo through having the boss have unlimited health. I kept trying and trying, and when I played the full game, I realized how Mm -hmm. stupid I was. (laughs) The game featured cartoon graphics, but I don't know why I always enjoyed them, and it was one of the first games that I played through fully without any help. The music always gets me back to that nostalgic feeling. I hope you guys enjoy it as well. There are many tunes from the OST, but this one is a good start. Was called Sanchez the Outlaw, and uh, the composer also has a name that I'm going to struggle to pronounce. It could be Plint, Clint Plint, it could be Clint Bajakian, Pajacki, or it could be bah- Bahakian. Um, I'm really not sure. Anyways, as an American composer who worked on uh, a lot of LucasArts stuff, including uh, the Dark Forces games, TIE Fighter, uh, several Monkey Islands. and uh, But more recently, he's been involved with the Uncharted series and even world of warcraft um yeah so that's from a 1997 first person shooter which is not um outside of the dark forces game uh, games uh, jedi knight games it wasn't a series that lucasarts were associated with certainly not that strongly back in in 97 but yeah a cowboy themed first person shooter and um it wasn't widely uh praised in reviews but i remember that paul rose of uh, our own uh, uk teletech service digitizer was a big fan he said it was uh, it was full of wit great level design interesting weapons and um, and all that and if you want to check it out it is now available on GoodOldGames.com. as are a number of lucas arts classics from the era and it only costs you like three pounds something uh, or five dollars uh, as this is an american special so um yeah do seek that out it's a game we might cover someday but Visually, it's definitely of its time. I think it has that mm. first-person shooter from 1997 thing going mm-hmm. on, but uh, but interesting yeah. nonetheless. The guns that right down sad. the
2: center, as if it's coming out of their chest. That whole kind of a <laughs> oh yeah, old very school much so. shooter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's what's wrong with that? <laughs> 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 Work for Doom, exactly. Yeah, you can pretend you're a Dalek. <laughs> uh, right. Now, more from uh, the LucasArts stable. This is pure coincidence because we kind of, we collect in the tracks from various, you know, corners from our contributors and the host and the guests and and they all come together and sometimes a little bit of uh, serendipity. And that's what we have here. Ryan.
1: Yeah. So a couple of appearances ago, I did kind of a a theme show by myself, at least by just doing a couple tracks from the Parappa the Rapper series. And this time around, I'm kind of doing the same thing in introducing a couple different tracks from the Monkey Island stable. So this is another one from Monkey Island. And this is a really unique track as far as video game songs go. It is um, how to introduce it best. It's like a an interactive musical number, mm. so to speak. Uh, it's from mm-hmm. The Curse of Monkey Island, which is Monkey Island 3, um, the first game in the series that didn't have Ron Gilbert on board. And, um, it's kind of considered to be like non-canonical in that way, uh, since it is kind of a different team or at least the different head writer, um, people kind of consider Monkey Island one and two to be the definitive Monkey Island games. Although I would say that, uh, Monkey Island three holds up, you know, just as well and has a lovely animation style and it's, you know, just as good as the first two. If you haven't tried it out, although if you haven't tried it out, it's probably going to be a little bit more difficult to get your hands on these days than, um, than the first two because it hasn't been released in the special edition style that they re-released the first two in. Although I think it would uh, hold up tremendously well, especially with that animation style. But anyways, um, this is about um, maybe halfway through Guybrush's journey. He recruits a band of uh, barbershop singing pirates uh, to, to crew his ship as he has to do in these games. And he finds that they're more interested in lying around and being lazy than actually sailing. And in this case, they are, uh, they are singing. And uh, kind of much to his chagrin, they decide to uh, become a musical troupe instead of a troupe of fearsome pirates. And so he's trying to, to kind of talk them into going out there and having this great pirate journey. And they uh, kind of just kind of turning it all into song. And uh, what makes it fun is that the the player gets to choose the next line in the song and, you know, Guybrush delivers it and then they, you know, incorporate it into the music and it's all very kind of rhythmic and all very fun. Um, Kentucky Route Zero kind of recently did something similar to this. And I think that incorporating like sung and like Broadway style musical numbers into video games is something that I would like to see more of. And, you know, we started to see recently with uh, The Puppeteer had a musical number, although it was not interactive, as um, as did the Saints Row 4 expansion that came out recently. But um, as far as like interactive musical numbers, they're still pretty few and far between. And so, you know, I'm hoping that this is something that we can see more of in the upcoming years. But Here's an example from 1997 and 1998, depending on which region you're from, called A Pirate I Was Meant to Be by Michael Land from The Curse of Monkey Island.
4: We're a band of vicious pirates, a sailing out to sea. When you hear our gentle singing, you'll be sure to turn and flee. Oh, this is just ridiculous. Come on, men we've got to recover that map. That pirate will be done for when he falls into our trap. We're a club of tune for rovers. We can sing in every clap. We can even hit the high notes. It's just too bad we're tuned down. A pirate I was meant, meant to, be. to be. Trim the sails and roam the sea. Let's go defeat that evil pirate. We know he's sure to lose, cause we know just where to fire it. We're thieving balladeers a gang of cutthroat mugs. To fight us off, you only got- Just jolly good earplugs! The pirate I was meant to be. Trim the sails and roam the sea. get to work. Our vocation's a thing we love, a thing we'd never shirk. We'll fight you in the harbor. We'll battle you on land. When you meet singing pirates, there'll be more than you can stand. Oh, that was a good one. No, it wasn't.
1: Song, we got to move.
4: The battle will be long, but our courage we will prove. We're a pack of scurvy sea dogs. have we pity not a drum. We are roasted garlic. Dancing from the diaphragm. A pirate I was meant to be. Trim the sails and roam the sea. more singing, more sailing. When we defeat our wicked foe, his ship he will be bailing. If you try to fight us, you will get the nasty whack. If you disrespect our singing, we will feed you to a crack! A a a pirate pirate I was was meant to be, trim the sails and roam the sea. getting so sick of you guys and your rhyming. We're ready to set sail, though the cannons need a priming. We're troublesome corsairs. And we've come to steal your treasures. We would shoot you on the downbeat. But we got to rest by measures. A pirate I was regiment. meant to be. Trim the sails and roam the sea. Say you're nasty pirate steaming thieving, bad bushwhackers. From what I've seen, I tell you, you're not pirates, you're just slackers. The pirate I was meant to be, trim the sails and roam the sea.
1: We'll surely avoid scurvy if we all eat an orange.
4: And, um... Well... Door Hinge? No, no. Guess the song's over then. Guess so. Okay, back to work.
0: Well, gee, I feel a little guilty now. Once again, uh, we have yet to uh, cover The Secret of Monkey Island on the main podcast, but we will be soon. The first game uh, in issue 192 coming into your ears in a few weeks' time. And who knows, one day we may get onto The Curse of Monkey Island, but there is a problem, as mentioned there uh, by Ryan the Curse of Monkey Island is not currently legally available, um, other than you know, second-hand copies and, and whatever knocking around the internet. Uh, it's not on Steam. It's not on good old games. Uh, I'm not really sure why. Um, I never felt as fondly towards it as, as the first two games. Um, and, yeah, exactly as you said, I know that uh, both Tim Schafer and Ron Gilbert uh, were not happy with the way that they dismissed the events at the end of the the, the notorious events at the end of Secret of Monkey Island 2. Um uh it kind of you know uh just brushed them aside which which yeah it kind of changes the whole thing although how they would have got out of that story uh we still don't know we may never know um but obviously the whole point and click thing is very much back on we've had broken age we're going to get thimbleweed park um and yeah i would like to see i think the curse of monkey island should be available even if it wasn't my favorite just because it it was released it's a it's you a vintage game and as ryan says i think visually it, it holds up um because of its uh, it's very uh, specific and cartoony style which was incorporated into the into the uh the more recent monkey island one and two re-releases certainly the um the style of drawing and stuff was kind of a continuation of that so they have that
1: style that the king's quest six which everyone had in the humongous entertainment games which is what what ron gilbert went on to do um, yeah, it was kind of a popular style at that time as uh, point-and-click mm. adventure games evolved. Looks more like a Saturday morning cartoon.
0: Mm. Mm. Absolutely, Sean. Mm. Where is it going?
2: <laughs> I was wondering how you're going to segue.
0: I did, that, that, yeah. that was the best I <laughs> could do. At short notice. Yeah. yeah.
2: Sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah. So this uh, next track is where is it going? By Jasper Byrne from the game Lone Survivor, which uh, came out in 2012, and I feel like went under the radar um, for a lot of people out there. I think on PC it made a little bit of a splash, um, but when it hit PS3 and Vita, it didn't really seem to make many waves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've I picked it up because it, it seemed to tick all the boxes for me. It was like a, uh, it was billed as a, um, Silent Hill inspired side scroller um, with uh, very uh, Angelo Badalamente inspired music who he was a composer for a lot of uh, Lynch films and, and Twin Peaks as well. And there's a whole lot of Twin Peaks inspiration on this soundtrack. And um, Jasper Byrne had done everything in the game. He did the visuals, the uh, game design, and he did all the songs and he has a really wide range of tastes and anyone who people some people might recognize his name because he uh did a bunch of songs for Hotline Miami and Hotline Miami 2 so that kind of shows you how 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 weird his tastes are because he'll go from uh jazz inspired music on here to um some more dancier stuff but this particular track is very much uh, shoegaze inspired so it sounds kind of like mm. yeah it sounds kind of like um a Slow dive song basically, I was gonna say, slow, <laughs> yeah, dive? yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's yeah. so it's very uh slow and acoustic and um with very like spacey, dream like uh vocals over it. And uh, this song really sticks out for me because uh, when the game's really uh creepy and you know it's a survival horror game, as I said, inspired by Silent Hill, so it's really dark and 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 disturbing. Um, but there's a occasional moments where he'll go to the main character will go to sleep and he'll be in this kind of weird dream and uh this one dream that he has is very uplifting it's like him and his girlfriend who had gotten sick uh but she's fine now and they're like on this top of this cliff and this really pretty song's playing and then it immediately is juxtaposed by when he wakes up back in this nightmare world and it's really uh it's a really interesting moment in the game and um so this song really sticks out to me so that's why i thought i'd bring it on here and maybe uh, bring a little more awareness uh, for this game because it's really cool and you can get it on basically any platform besides Xbox, I think at this point. so.
0: I, so, like many, uh, have received uh, Lone Survivor. I think I do have it on Steam as well from way back when, some bundle or something. Um, but I did receive it with PlayStation Plus and I played about an hour, hour and a half and I did enjoy it And it, but it just got put to one side for sure, you know, yeah. reasons, other things, distractions. But I do urge people to check it out because I was certainly intrigued by what I played and clearly Jasper Byrne is a, is one of those um, polymaths, multiple, multi-talented mm-hmm. uh, independent game designer who brings a wealth of, uh, of in- ideas and skills to the, the games development scene um and yeah just I'm always hugely impressed by people who can I mean nothing absolutely nothing against those people who bring in artists and musicians to help them out with their games but mm-hmm. anyone who can make a game write it code it and do the music and the art as well is just like yeah you're just showing off now you're just making <laughs> the rest of us feel inadequate Yeah. Uh, but no it's, it's it is cool and it definitely is creepy it, it is it does feel like a um, to me like a terrific marriage of um, relatively contemporary survival horror with um, sort of eight or 16 bit sensibilities mm-hmm. yeah check it out going back in time again of course it's me uh, I bring lots of nostalgia to my sound of play selections I'll make no apology for that um, this is a tune that I doubt will be familiar to many although This is actually included because my my uh, my hackles were raised by. um, I was thinking about what songs I wanted to include, and I was thinking back to the amazing Namco Museum. Uh, selections on the original PlayStation. They were released in six separate volumes uh, one, only one, uh, one of which, the final one, only came out in Japan. Um, but this, these were a highlight for me in the mid to late 90s. Uh, every time a new one would be released every few months uh, it was a day one purchase for me even though now it seems you know, like these tired compilations of Pac-Man and Gallagher and all that stuff may not seem very exciting to a lot of you. To me it was the start of a new era where I had hardware at home that could em- perfectly emulate the arcades of my youth which was fantastic in itself but these particular compilations also um, included uh, actual virtual museums that you could walk around in and the piece I was going to include is the ambient piece from the first Namco museum which is the most haunting melancholy thing which is seems almost it's sort of restful but it's also strangely unsettling um but i actually decided when i was reading up trying to find find out who the composer of those were um i found a piece uh, on the retro site saying uh, talking about the different volumes and it said um instead of volume four i you know i promise you no one will have ever heard of any of these games other than Packland before and i was like hold on a second assault the game Assault on on uh, Namco Museum Volume Four was one of my favourite coin ops uh, of the <laughs> late eighties. It was a top down uh, tank control shooter, so you had the twin sticks that you controlled like a tank in the exact same way as uh, Battle Zone by Atari some years before. So you know, both sticks forward to go forward, both sticks back to go back. You could rotate left and right by pushing one to one side, and 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 all that. Um, but this was, as I say, this was top down, and not only was it top down, it was also. It used um, 2D sprite scaling, but in the same exactly the same style as, as SNES mode seven, only much much higher resolution. So it looked at the time it looked astonishing, and uh, I, it was it was incredibly tactical for a, for an arcade game. You could get a nice long go out of it um, by learning the controls and and uh, on just a couple of credits. And I really really loved it. The, the Namco arcade. Tech at this point had this really beefy, meaty stereo sound chip as well, which which was utilized as you'll hear in this track. I only know as uh, BGM two. And uh, yeah, it's I mean, it's very much of its time. It's got lots of sounds that you would think might be out of an 80s anime or something like that. But uh, but it certainly takes me back. And uh, the composers apparently are Shinji Hoso and uh, Kazuo Noguchi. Um, But yeah, this is from a sort you've probably never heard it before. Maybe you'll never want to hear it again, but uh, indulge me, please. GM2 there uh, the second in game tune from assault uh, dramatic stuff and uh, yeah a game pretty much forgotten to the uh, lost to the sands of time which makes me a little sad Our final pick for this sound of play is from another new contributor. And thank you to everyone who signs up and uh, joins the community at canerince.com. And uh, especially those who join up and uh, make requests for sound of play, because we do need them. Otherwise we'll just have to be even more self-indulgent than we already are. Uh, This is from a poster called Tractorian or Tractorian or Tractorian. Uh, Again, I have no idea of this person's gender, but it is a track from Bravely uh, Default that is requested. Tractorian says, even though it's not called Final Fantasy, Bravely Default feels more like a Final Fantasy than any of the main titles in the past 10 to 15 years. The soundtrack is incredible, and narrowing it down to one song really took some time, but I've settled on The Civil War Country, which is composed, from what I can tell, by a man known as Revo. Uh And a little research tells me that uh, Revo or Revo um, is a member of a group called a Japanese musical group called uh, Sound Horizon or Revo is Revo or Revo is the leader. Um, And they've worked on uh, quite a lot of stuff that, to be honest, I'm not that familiar with. But this soundtrack Oh yes, uh I've, this is a game I've had for a while but haven't spent nearly enough time with. Um but this track is uh I think is a tremendous pick to close the show with. Have either of you uh bravely defaulted? Just a little like bit, you, I've yeah. I owned it
1: for a very long time but haven't gotten that far into it
0: yet. Ah, very remiss of us, Sean.
1: Yeah, I played a little bit of it. Um
2: but I hit a massive difficulty spike like real early on, so it, uh, yeah, it, it never uh I never went back to it after that. But up until then, I loved what I saw of it. As you mm. said, like the most Final Fantasy, non-Final Fantasy game I've played in right. a long
0: time. Yeah, it's a game I think we should uh, endeavor to cover at some point on the podcast. Um, give me an excuse, and mm-hmm. maybe all three of us, an excuse yeah. to actually uh, to go, go back, back to, to, to it, it play through it. I'm sure, sure we can beat those spikes. I'm sure, A yeah. <laughs> bit of grinding or whatever you can do, mm-hmm. I don't know. All right. Thanks, fellas. Um, Listeners, as you've heard, once again, it's not just about what we like on Sounder Play. So as I've already mentioned, do venture over to our forum at com and request your favourites or other oddities that you think we should feature. And we will always continue, as long as we have some, to include a selection of those in the playlist for each show. Also, another shout out to remind you, to uh, please leave Sounder Play reviews on iTunes. Um, they're sorely lacking at the moment, creeping up slowly thanks to the few people who have posted since we last uh, requested. But yes, iTunes reviews for Sound of Play would uh, would help bump us up in the, the the sort of the profile of the place a little bit, which would be uh, gratefully appreciated. Anyway, until the next one, it just remains for me, Leon, to thank Ryan and Sean. This was a USA special. (laughs) It really really wasn't. Um, And our community contributors. And uh, yes, we'll leave you with uh, Revo and the Civil War country from Bravely Default.